Welcome to our study on trusting God. Tonight we are looking at God's sovereignty over people. Now when you think about God's sovereignty over people, you start to think about all the different people who have impacted your life, don't you? The ones who have had a positive influence come to your mind first. And then there's those ones who simply drive you crazy. It also reminds us of the ones that you have been blessed to have in your life and the ones who were just simply there. And what about the people who have had an influence, whether good or bad, that you have had an impact? Ones that you don't even know about that you've impacted their lives. It seems very hard to go through a day sometimes where people are not involved. You know, it could be someone on the radio, someone on TV who influence you. It could be a family member, a friend, or a co-worker, or even a total stranger at the grocery store that has impacted your life. It could be someone you talked to on the phone, that you chatted with on the computer, could be a doctor or a caregiver. You can go on and on as we really think about how many people come into our lives on a daily basis. When you talk about God's sovereignty over people, that in every circumstance, every person is under the watchful eye of our Lord, that he has full authority in the affairs of his children, and as we have seen in the life of Job, that he can soften a person's heart too, can't he, and bring us to our knees with his love, or he could harden a, a person's heart just like he did with Pharaoh, just to fulfill his purpose. Now ladies, this is tough stuff to understand. And we really need to be careful here that we don't get off track. Yes, God is in control of our lives more than we know and probably more than we give him credit for. And yes, he works through circumstances, through people and things, whether good or bad, to fulfill his purpose. But the important thing here is that we learn to trust him in all aspects of our lives knowing that he is in control now we don't always know how God works in the hearts and minds of people do we but we do know that scripture is full of examples that he does let's turn over in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 29 and let's look at verse 29 it says the secret things belong to the Lord our God but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Ladies, the more that we surrender control of our lives to Christ, the more we take us out of the picture. We are to decrease, right? We're to decrease and God is to increase. Well, ladies, the more that we do this, the more we will learn to trust him. That is what is important here. Not whether we are puppets playing out our role in life or whether we have free will or not. The important thing is, is that God has full control of our life. Like Job, there is nothing, ladies, that is going to happen to us today that God has not allowed. 
God has a plan and a purpose in our lives, and He does work through people to accomplish this will. Today is National Day of Prayer, and as we pray for our nation, we know that God is in control, right? In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, it says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. We have seen that God has control over the kings, over the rulers of our nations, and we know that he is in control of our nation also. No matter how chaotic things may seem, we know that God sees the bigger picture, right? That he is in control and that there is a plan and a purpose that will be fulfilled. As we studied the book of Esther, we saw how God worked in the life of King Ahasuerus, who was the king of Persia at that time. Well, we saw how Esther found favor in the sight of the king, right? Which was clearly God working out his plan to save the Jewish people. Well, now this week we also looked at Ezra chapter 1. And we saw how God stirred up the spirit of Cyrus who was also the king of Persia at that particular time. Well, he had Cyrus issue a proclamation to allow the Jews who were in captivity to return to Jerusalem to build the temple. Let's look at that. Turn to Ezra chapter 1 and let's look at verse 1. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. You remember, when a king put something in writing, it was like as is. It was law set in stone. Now let's look down a little bit further into verse 5. And we also see how God stirred in the spirit of the heads of the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, the priests and the Levites, also to fulfill God's purpose. It says, Then the heads of the fathers, houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Now, why did he have to stir in their hearts too? You understand, they had been there for 70 years almost. And so, you know, they'd kind of been settled in. And to have to get up now, they'd have to uproot everything, go make that journey to Jerusalem and start to build the temple. So it wasn't something that they were just jumping to get up and go do. So God had to stir in their heart to also do this. Now, why did they have to do this? As we saw in verse 1, it said, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. Well, this was according to God's plan to fulfill the prophecy of Jeremiah's words. Let's look over to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. It says, For thus says the Lord, After seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Ladies, this is exciting. Seventy years of Jewish captivity in Babylon were about to end. 
And so God used King Cyrus, the king of Persia, to fulfill his words in Jeremiah. Now secular sources record how Cyrus brought relief to all the captives of Babylon, allowing the exiles from all conquered nations to return to their homeland. And there is this famous Cyrus Cylinder. There was a clay inscription found in excavations at Babylon in 1879 and 1882 that records this very fact. Ladies, this here was actual archaeological evidence of what is saying here in Scripture. God does sovereignly work in the lives of people to accomplish His will. There was a Quaker in the 19th century that said, For nearly everything in life comes to us through human instrumentality. And most of our trials are the result of somebody's failure or ignorance or carelessness of sin. We know God cannot be the author of these things. And yet, unless he is the agent in the matter, how can we say to him about it, Thy will be done? Besides, what good is there in trusting our affairs to God if, after all, man is to be allowed to come to and disarrange them? And how is it possible to live by faith if human agencies, in whom it would be wrong and foolish to trust, are to have a predominant influence in molding our lives. What is needed is to see God in everything and to receive everything directly from the hands of God with no intervention of second causes. So everything we need to see, ladies, is from the hand of God. Now let's bring this down to a personal level. Think about it. As we have seen countless times in scripture where God has intervened in, in the lives of people to accomplish his will, right? So, if God worked in their lives, what makes us think that he is now sitting back, twirling his thumbs and not helping us and not working in our lives? Ladies, he is working in our lives also today. As we walk in our Christian lives, we are going to face crossroads in our life where we are put into positions where we have to make a decision of which way to go. You can choose to go right or left, but the right path is not always clear. And we are not sure which way to go. Now, other times it is very clear, and we need to stay very clear of a certain pathway. Now, as we read in Genesis 39, verses 7 to 20, we see Joseph, who was put into a position where Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. Well, Joseph had a choice to make, didn't he? He could either give in to her temptations or flee knowing it was wrong, right? Joseph chose to flee, which was the obvious right choice. But that didn't stop Potiphar's wife, did it? She still accused him of sleeping with her, which put him into prison. Well, he can ask, why? Why did that happen? 
He took the right choice, so why was he being punished and put into prison? Well, God used this injustice, didn't he? He saw the bigger picture. He used the injustice, however, to fulfill his purpose in Joseph's life. Yes, he was wrongly imprisoned, and yes, he was also maliciously sold earlier into his life into slavery which brought him to Potiphar's house to begin with. But as we all know, it was through these events that God fulfilled his ultimate plan, right? And then we look over to Genesis chapter 20 and we see where Abraham was also at a crossroad. Now with Abraham, he made the wrong choice which ended up putting his wife Sarah in harm's way. In fear, you remember the story, in fear of his own life, Abraham lied and told King Abimelech that Sarah was his sister. So not knowing that Sarah was really Abraham's wife, the king took her for his own. Well, God sovereignly intervened and protected the moral purity of Sarah who was to be the mother of the promised son of Abraham, right? So you see, God had a different plan for Sarah, and he protected her, even though Abraham didn't trust God and put her in harm's way. Remember, ladies, nothing is going to happen to us as God's children that God has not allowed. So here we see God restraining King Abimelech in Genesis 20 verse 6 as he's speaking to Abimelech he said and God said to him in a dream yes I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart for I also withheld you from sinning against me therefore I did not let you touch her ladies this is extremely clear here the Lord is, is telling Abimelech, I did not let you touch her. God did not excuse Abraham's sin, but he did not let that stop him from intervening in Abimelech's mind to prevent the serious consequences of the sin. Now the one thing that keeps us and helps us to make and stay on that right path, to make those right choices, is that we need to be walking with the Lord, don't we? We need to be in His Word. We need to be communicating with Him daily so that we know in our spirit when He tells us which way to go. Now, sometimes we're not always going to know which way, even though we are walking with Him closely. But we do know that as we make these choices, that it's not going to go against God's will, right? We need to be conscious of God's presence in our lives moment by moment every second of the day. Now it is so comforting to know that God does have a purpose and a plan for our lives and he is willing to do whatever is necessary to fulfill that plan. So when you are mistreated, when you are maliciously attacked, when you are unjustly accused, remember Joseph. And know that God sees the whole picture and has a plan and a purpose in our life. Ladies, we need to trust God. 
We need to continually be walking in the Spirit and flee from ungodly choices and temptations, just as Joseph did. Remember that God will not allow the acts of someone else to thwart his plan. And then know that as we saw with Sarah, that God will not allow someone else's sin to thwart his will in our life. He will protect us and guide us as we walk with him. Scripture tells us in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. It doesn't say it works things out for good and ends there. No, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. God is never at a loss, is He? because he cannot find someone to cooperate with him in carrying out his plan. Ladies, he is a sovereign, all-powerful God who moves in the hearts of people, whether they are Christians or not, to accomplish his will. Now, as we saw with Job, God will do as he pleases in our lives, right? And we are to trust him and know that he is there with us every step of the way. There will be times in our lives that are rough. There's going to be times in our life that isn't always smooth. But we know that when we trust God, when we surrender everything to Him, He will bless us. God can and does move in the hearts of people to show favor to us when that favor will accomplish His purpose. For instance, say you're up for a promotion. Are you dependent on a person to receive that promotion? Is it really up to your boss whether you get that job promotion or not? Absolutely not. Ladies, for one thing, remember, as we saw back in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 to 25, that we are to honor our employers, aren't we? We are to work as unto the Lord to glorify His name in our worth ethics and every aspect of our job. When we are walking with the Lord, you are more apt to hear what God's will is for your life. If it is God's will that you receive that promotion, it doesn't matter what that boss thinks. It doesn't matter how cruel or how nice they are. God will work in the heart of that boss to find favor in you but it is according to his will. I will never forget one day. My husband was at work, and they were going to switch him to another position, which would have been worse for him because of the hours. Now it was inevitable that he was going to have to go to this shift when this other person, out of the blue, volunteers to go to this other shift. Now it was not to the advantage of this other person to do this, and what made him volunteer can only be answered in one way. God placed it in his heart. You see, God knew that it would not be good for my husband, and he worked in the heart of this other person to take that position. God does work in the lives to accomplish his will for us, and he is looking out what is best for us. Now, ladies, life is not always easy. It is not always black and white. The path in the fork of the road is not always clear as to which way to go. 
We don't always understand why God allows adversity, why he allows a doctor to misdiagnose us, or why he allows people to hurt us, to undermine us, or maliciously attack us. But what we do know is that nothing will happen to us that God has not allowed. As we see in Job 1.10, you remember God put that hedge around Job and protected him, and he does the same for us as he did with Sarah. And then we do know that God will work everything out according to his plan to them who love God, as we see in Romans 8.28. And then third, God directs our path. We have a sovereign, loving God, ladies, who sees the big picture and is in control of all circumstances that affect our lives, even when we don't understand, as we see in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We are to trust God in all areas of our life, in all the aspects. No one can harm you or jeopardize your future apart from the sovereign will of God. And we need to be seeking a deeper relationship with God every day. Be in his word, communicating with him, getting to know him, and trusting him. Ladies, we cannot let our guard down, can we? Satan is just waiting there to trip us up, to make us doubt God's sovereign control in our lives. And we need to be in prayer daily and in his word so that we can combat those Terrible things that Satan tries to get us to think of. We need to be walking faithfully in Christ. We need to be walking the talk. We don't need to be bitter or become resentful because we have been unjustly treated or maliciously attacked, should we? God never allows people to make decisions about us that undermine his plan for us. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Ladies, we can rest knowing that his will is always directed to our good. I like the analogy that Jerry Bridges used, that to live less stressful lives, we must learn to live with a single agenda, and that is God's agenda. We need to be reminded That just because life isn't smooth, just because things get a little rough, doesn't mean we're out there on our own trying to stumble through life. Job learned this all too well, didn't he? We need to remember that it is not our will, but God's. In his agenda for our lives, God will guard us, protect us, and advance us. We must learn to live by his agenda if we are going to trust him. Now, people can be very cruel, can't they? And they can really get under our skin. But remember, it's not about them. It's about your relationship with the sovereign God. It's about you trusting him in the midst of life. It's about being in his will and being able to hear him say, good and faithful servant in the end. It's about how did you live in spite of all of the circumstances and heartaches in your life? Did you trust God in all the aspects of your life? Ladies, 
We need to, to relinquish control in our lives. We need to put our faith, put our trust in the one true God. We need to know that yes, God is in control of every aspect of our life. We need to know that when bad things happen, hey, don't get bitter and throw in the towel. Know that God is there with you through all your adversity, through all your pain, each and every step. When we trust God, it will transform your life. As you relinquish control and ultimately make God Lord of your life, remember, ladies, it is through His strength that we take each step. And as we learn to trust, we will find ourselves thanking God for everything in our life. Ladies, when you really, truly trust God, you'll be saying thank you for that opportunity to get to know you better. Thank you for bringing that into my life. Because you know what? It's when we are in those adversity times, it's when we're in those trial times, is when we grow stronger in our faith, isn't it? So the next time somebody does something wrong to you, Remember, it's not about them. It's about how you handle it. What is your relationship with God? Are you going to trust God to get you through it? Are you going to trust Him to know that He sees the bigger picture and that He sees what's happening to you and He will take care of the situation? Ladies, next week we are going to be looking at Lesson 4 in our study guide which covers Chapter 5 in the book Trusting God. As we look at the sovereignty over nations. Until then, God bless.